strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Happy Friday, everybody. I do want to dance with somebody. It's Kristen Benz in for Mike Broomhead. All the girlies are behind the glass today, so who knows what's going to happen. It's going to be wild. Um, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're with us. I see you cackling, Julia. Um, So on a serious note, okay, so I'm going to kind of recap some economic information for you. School's in session. This is what I do. So a lot of economic data came out this week, um, and it really wasn't great. Okay, so inflation, basically, you already knew this because you're filling up at the pump and you are checking out at the grocery store and you're playing DoorDash and Instacart and you realize that you're paying a lot more still. So inflation is creeping up. Um, And actually, Wall Street is very concerned about your car loans because a record number of individuals are defaulting on their car loans. Uh, Your auto insurance, most of you are probably paying 40 to 60% more. Um, Everything is up. And the Biden administration wants you to think that things are great and they are coming down and gas prices, especially in the Valley, um, gas prices are coming down. Uh, They think that food prices are coming down, but really they're not. So when you see this data and it's revised down, um, the economy is really not so great, which is something that I've been saying on Mike's show, this very show for gosh, Julia, I don't know, the last six months, (laughs) eight months and thankfully I'm usually right more than I'm wrong so when I see these numbers it's kind of I hate being right and I will text Mike this when all this data comes out in the morning so um, we're super fun and nerdy and I will send him very bizarre economic data and Julia too (laughs) and that's why she's cackling because this is the exciting and fulfilled life that I lead people Um, I send very bizarre economic data out at all hours of the morning to Mike and I will say I hate being right I hate being right and I do so this you know the consumer price index, the CPE, whatever the Fed is using um, as their benchmark is increasing. And it's absolutely insane. And Americans are struggling and the middle class is struggling. All classes are struggling. So Mike and I always talk about um, inflation and we talk about the consumer in a bifurcated market. And I actually have listeners that are also nerdy that tell me that they play a drinking game every time I say bifurcated. <laughs> Which on a Friday, you know what? That's cool. I'm down with that. That's fine. I, I, all, econ nerds, I am here for you. I'm here for you on Twitter. I will never call it X. At Kristen Bentz. You can find me on Instagram, Kristen C. Bentz. We'll talk about all of that and more. But um, it's not great for Americans out there. And so something that was interesting, uh, the CEO of Kellogg's was just making comments. And here's the thing. CEOs don't talk. Can we just not talk? Like you have PR for that. You have investor relations, which is PR for with an MBA, basically. Don't talk. So people are asking, how do Americans handle inflation? Like, what do you think they should do? What are you going to do? And he said, hey, you know what? You should eat more cereal. Eat cereal for dinner. Please. Are you kidding me? That's like a very Marie Antoinette kind of comment. And I got a lot of backlash for this because I think that it's so 
appalling. And yes, he's the CEO of Kellogg's. Cereal, not great for you. I'm just going to throw that out there. So just keep those comments coming. <laughs> can, hey, Julia, can they text this show like they text Bruce's show? I am not sure, actually. I really hope not. So anyway, <laughs> keep those <laughs> cards and letters coming. But I don't think cereal is great. And I think the fact that the CEO would recommend that. Now, here's the thing. And I want, where's Julia? Julia and Jess. Is Jess here yet? Okay. Um, Xandra. Xandra's here. Would you eat cereal for dinner? You mean have I in the past? Because well, when you were a yes. college student. Absolutely. I definitely Oh, there have. she is. Hello, Jess. Jess, I need you here. Hi, I'm here. Okay, we're chit-chatting about the CEO of Kellogg's and how he was like, let them eat cake. Everyone should have cereal for dinner because you're poor. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's actually so funny that you mentioned this because last night I told my boyfriend that he wasn't going to get dinner because I wanted ice cream for dinner. I like that and you retaliated. Yeah, so yeah, I, I would eat cereal for dinner if I'm obviously going to eat ice cream for dinner. Here's the thing. It's super expensive. People that are out there in the land, cereal is expensive. So the fact that he was like, hey, um, want to eat some cereal? I don't know. I just thought that that was like, dude, really? That's what you got for me? I can't. I really can't. Um, and even in my darkest days, like college, the ramen, I was not a ramen girl. I was not a ramen girl. I was not a cereal girl. I was a Taco Bell girl. Well, you were in New York, so you had actually, you had places open past 10 p.m. So what we would do, so I'm all about a slice. I'm about a New York slice. Dude was like, and also Papaya King. People of the Valley that lived in New York hit me up about Papaya King hot dogs. So it's like the last stop before you go to your apartment. So I literally would get out with my girlfriend. We get out of the taxi. She would order like seven hot dogs, but they were like a dollar. I, they used to have this recession special, which I thought was hilarious. It was like a dollar fifty, and you could have like three hot dogs. And we need that here in the valley. But yeah, so I would definitely, as a New Yorker, I post college, I would definitely have a slice or a dog before I would do cereal. Zandra, are you leaving me? What's going on? She's got her Stanley Cup. It's pink. She's rolling out the door. KTR is paying you too much if you have a rainbow Stanley Cup. <laughs> and not the hockey kind. Okay, it's anarchy. It literally is anarchy up in here. I don't even know. Um, yeah, so that was concerning to me. Also, when you talk about um, durable goods, okay, and so like walking it back to talk about some serious economic stuff. People at home, so you understand what's happening in the world and what's going on and how it affects you. So white goods, those are washers and dryers and refrigerators and freezers and like all the like non-sexy appliances. So that number for the month of January completely dropped um, by 6%, which is really, really, really terrible. Okay, so what does that tell you? Why do you care? When corporations aren't investing in things like that, they're scared. Okay, so there's a lot of talk about people um, pricing in Fed cuts. We talk about that all the time. And they were supposed to be in March. Now, and I actually, we should pull this audio, Julia, because I told Mike that it wouldn't happen until like June or July. So those cuts probably won't happen until then. But on top of it, people have been talking about the market pricing in a Trump presidency. So when we talked about the Kroger merger, 
the other day with Mike. The reason why, also the Discover and Capital One merger, people are talking about that like they're pricing in a Trump presidency because the Biden administration is so against any type of M&A. And those policies are completely crippling that type of business, right? So when you see that, you're like, okay, interesting. So which is it? Is it a Trump presidency or is the, you know, country dying? It's, it's very like bipolar. Okay. And Mike and I talk about being bifurcated. It's bifurcated and it's bipolar at the same time. So which is it? And that's the question going forward because we really don't know with all of these mergers and what these companies are doing. So when companies retrench themselves and they're not putting money into these white goods, that lets you know that things aren't great. And so that's what you need to pay attention to. And that's why I'm here. So we're going to talk about all this and more coming up. I'm Kristen Bentz filling in for Mike Broomhead. And this is KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Bad Mama Jamma, indeed. We've got Jess today on the ones and twos. Hey, everybody, do not adjust your radio. It is Kristen Benz filling in for Mike Broomhead on this Friday. I am so glad you are here with us. All right, so there's a lot of talk post-COVID about experiences and concerts and wanting to do all the things, right? All the traveling, all the cruises. If you've listened to me before, cruise talk is a big thing that I like to talk about. Jess was here last time. We talked about that. A nine-month cruise, I would kill myself, but a lot of folks are here for it. Um, They want to do a lot of, you know, reality-based stuff, right? So post-COVID, we want to be here. We want to be in the moment, as they say. So... It's interesting. An article came across my desk about the do nothing vacation. Now, I don't know about y'all, but all my vacations are do nothing vacations, right? Um, Preferably in a warm climate, usually involving cocktails and sun, that sort of thing. And the doing nothing part. I'm not out here trying to skydive. I'm not doing that. Um, I'm not paragliding. I've seen enough on TikTok and Instagram of these people falling off these like foot bridges and paragliding, but they get dragged on the sand. <laughs> like it's not good. And I'm not going to be one of those. No, you're not going to see me falling down or um, trying to skateboard, trying to paraglide. I'm not that girl. I'm not an adventure type of person. I know you don't believe this. I know it's hard to believe, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, But apparently for a lot of Americans, they agree with me. So there's the rise of the do nothing vacation. And I think this is interesting. Um, So rest and relaxation was named as the top reason for leisure travel. So instead of doing all the things, maybe we just want to get away and just unplug. Which is interesting after, you know, what, three years of COVID, four years of COVID. I don't even know. Um, So it's kind of, you know, Mike and I talk about this bifurcated market, right? So there's like 
the 1% and what they're doing and then everybody else, right? And then there's the in-between. So you have the rise of cruising. And I truly thought after COVID that cruising would be done because when you're on a ship with a bunch of people and you don't wash hands and there are things like viruses and noroviruses and COVID and all that stuff, um, I would think that that would deter one from wanting to take a cruise vacation. But apparently I'm wrong. So the cruising industry has never been stronger and discretionary income for these types of vacations is really strong. Um, if you look at Royal Caribbean and what they're doing. So it's so interesting to me that you would find kind of a dichotomy with cruising and exploration and with this nine month cruise, Jess can like follow up with this with Antarctica or actually I think the entire um, population of the cruise voted on where they're going which sounds like a very weird Lord of the Flies situation. I would never put my destination in the hands of weirdos on my cruise. Just saying, throwing that out there. <laughs> you can correct me if I'm wrong. You really have to trust democracy. Yeah. And that's a lot. That's a lot. And you know what? You just said a mouthful, Jess, coming up on an election year. Do we trust democracy? Do I trust you? Do I want to see penguins or do I want to go to Dubai? Don't know. Don't know. But a big portion of Americans are like, you know what? No, we would rather do nothing. Have cocktails and chill. Yeah, maybe order some Amazon. I don't know. Papa John's. Who knows? Um, we're going to break down all this and more coming up. I'm Kristen Benz filling in for Mike Broomhead. And this is KTAR. Start smart with Arizona. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Oh yeah. We're having a little samba on this Friday. I'm so glad you're with us. It's Kristen Bentz filling in for Mike Broomhead, and this is KTAR. And all the girlies are behind the glass today, so you never know what's going to happen. But hey, it wasn't Taylor, so you can thank me later for that. Um, so I want to talk about this... Kellogg's thing. So, you know, there's been so much food inflation and Americans are paying so much more for food that at this point, actually, it's a toss up between fast food and cooking at home because actually fast food is becoming more expensive than groceries. So and then, you know, if you're a DoorDasher, if you are an, you know, Instacart kind of person, Really, it begs the question. So, like, here's the thing that's funny. So, one of my girlfriends is an economist. Um, we worked together for a long time on Wall Street. And she posted a tweet the other day about McDonald's versus Chipotle. And so, literally, you can get two meals out of a Chipotle burrito or a burrito bowl. Or if you're ordering from McDonald's, it's one meal for 10 bucks. Or 15 bucks. So on Wall Street, we have this thing called the Big Mac Index. And so globally, there is a whole index for what a Big Mac will cost you country to country. And so typically, the most expensive one was always in Switzerland. Lately, it's been the United States, which, which is so strange. And in an inflationary environment like we're in, consumers will really voice their opinion. 
and say, look, this is ridiculous. And so the McDonald's in question where someone said it was like, I think it was like 20 bucks or 25 bucks or something. Jess knows this because we talked about it last time. Uh, I think it was in Greenwich, Connecticut or Costco or something. It's always Connecticut with the most expensive McDonald's order. So I think for a quarter pounder and fries, it was something retarded. Like it was nuts. It was like $18 or $20 or something like that. And so people started really, and remember, McDonald's is a franchise. So it depends on where you are in the country when you're ordering this stuff. But it really does beg the question when you're trying to feed your family uh, for low cost, really fast food is not where it's at. So when... And now this also begs the question about minimum wage. And I have twin 15-year-olds, and they really, really, really want to enter the job market. <laughs> and they're very excited. So I'm like, you guys, like, you're going to have to get your food handler's card. There's a lot of stuff involved in this. Like, are you ready? And they're like, yes, we are ready to work in food service. And I'm like, oh, bless you. <laughs> Little do they know what's going to happen to them this summer. But... The um, amount of money that people are spending in fast food is not equating to it's absolutely insane. Right. So really, consumers are forced with a question. Do I go and buy groceries, which I can't afford, which are completely elevated? Or do I order out, which is actually in most cases more expensive? Um, so the CEO of Kellogg's came out Um and this is why CEOs shouldn't talk. And as an ex-Wall Street analyst, I will tell you that unless you really are Teflon and extremely smooth with talking to um, the press and talking to analysts, et cetera, just don't talk. Like, just don't do it. So they were asking him, um, what, what can consumers do in an inflationary environment? How do they cope? And he said, have cereal for dinner. Now, there are a lot of jokes on a lot of um, right-wing websites about bugs that the administration wants you to start eating more protein and start eating, you know, insects because they're a protein source. And, you know, why don't we just do that or whatever? Weird mushrooms, snails, etc. cetera. Um, but for most people, including me, that's really not my jam. So we're not here for that. But I am completely triggered. <laughs> and I, it's funny because I talk to a lot of my friends and I'm like, what's wrong with that? He's, you know, the CEO of a cereal company. What else is he going to say? So I do understand that he would be like, hey, eat more cereal. No, no. That's very much a Marie Antoinette moment for me. And also for those of you out there that are actually real in the economy, cereal is very expensive. Literally. So if you're in those aisles with your kids and you're like, no lucky charms for you, I would rather feed my kids bacon and eggs and like whip that up in the morning, which I am not doing, but it's available to them if they want it. Um, I literally would rather feed my kids that type of protein than feed them, you know, cereal and lucky charms. So I just find that really um, tone deaf. I guess. Yes. So the other thing that is interesting, um, because I lead a rich and fulfilling life, and this is what I do for listeners, um, I give you news that you need. 
So there is a cocoa shortage. If you don't know it now, you will know it by Easter. So those of you that celebrate, um, if you're looking to load those Easter baskets, there is a huge cocoa crisis and a cocoa shortage. And that's going to drive prices up. Anything chocolate, anything chocolate, anything coffee with cocoa, anything like that. Now, luckily, we're not in like a... Well, actually, it's not winter for us, but I think in the rest of the country that might infect them if they're still having hot cocoa, which with this weather, they might be needing the hot cocoa or at least in Lake Tahoe. What are they getting? 10 feet of snow? Something insane. Mystic River, atmospheric river, something crazy. Yeah. So there's a cocoa shortage. And then also I want to talk about these poultry fires. What is happening So they consistently are wiping out flocks. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but, and this is when I'm going to have Jess jump in. How many poultry factories, farms, et cetera, are we going to let go up in flames before we start talking about this? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. I saw, it wasn't fires in 2020, but I did see a lot of um, farmers killing off their flocks because we had the bird flu happen in the 2020 Which was legitimate. time frame. Yeah. So millions of birds. I think it was something like two million plus birds in the Kansas area that had to be wiped out mm-hmm. to try to eradicate this bird flu. Um, and then we started seeing... Um, Poultry fires in Texas late last year, middle of last year. And now I guess there's another one. And it's going to obviously cause the price of chicken and eggs and everything else. Well, it's so bizarre because so the egg people collude. And actually, I think the biggest, one of the biggest um, producers, it's called Maine. It's like the Maine egg producers, et cetera. Um, They actually had federal sanctions. If I'm like not correct um, against them because they collude. So the poultry people collude, the egg people collude. And then it's just bizarre that you have all of these fires. So just like take a look when you're buying your chicken and do it now. Cocoa now, chocolate now, all of that. Also in Spain, they had all these wildfires. So all their olive oil um, crops were completely devastated. So these are the things that I'm just going to like pop out here for you. Just so you know. Thank goodness we have Queen Creek olive oil. I know. We're safe here in Arizona. We are safe in Arizona with Cre- Queen Creek oil. Exactly. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about all this and more coming up. I'm Kristen Bentz in for Mike Broomhead and this is KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Now in the street there is violence, and then a lot of work to be done. We made it through the week. Absolutely. Um, I'm happy to have you, and I'm glad that you're here. And we are going to walk down Electric Avenue. Exactly. Exactly. All the girls. All the girls are running the show today. Mike, you don't even know what's happening. He literally does not know what goes on when he's not here. But it's all the good things. So I'm happy that you're here. All right. So um, I want to talk about commercial real estate for a second. And not in like a boring way, but just kind of 
in a way that you need to realize that everything is vacant in every city, wherever you go. Okay. And then the answer is, hey, let's turn it into luxury residential condos. All right. Awesome. So that's going to take some time. (laughs) And that's their answer. But yet you have record homelessness, especially here in the Valley. Um, You know, even after we cleaned up the zone, we still have an underfunded, uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken, and Julia, you can correct me on that, um, issue with uh, funding those folks that are um, homeless. What do we do? What do we do with that? And what's happening with commercial real estate? So if you look, New York, um, you know, all of these other cities especially blue cities, right, are having issues filling this real estate. And so we talk about, you know, hybrid working and that sort of thing. So I really believe at post-COVID, the way that we work has, has changed. And actually, if you're listening now, you may be at home. You may not be in the office, right? Because we have hybrid work environments. So what are you going to do with all this real estate? So it's actually cratering. And it's cratering in a lot of blue cities. So remote work actually has kind of been a win-win in a lot of ways. And it's shifted the way that consumers are spending. And so when I follow consumers and consumer behavior, it's interesting. Um, One of my girlfriends lives in New Orleans, right? Which you would think is like such a, it's kind of like, not like Phoenix, but it's very much um, a fun, transient, you know, kind of city. And she was like, oh my gosh, what are these people doing? Why is everyone out? Because people's work schedules have changed. And so... When you talk about retail and what's happening, so when I was on with Mike earlier this week, um, Macy's is closing 150 stores, right? And everyone is up in arms about it. But really, when you think about it, and folks, if you're in the Valley, talk to me about the Macy's. It's not good. (laughs) And I love Terry Lundgren. Terry Lundgren has the Terry Lundgren School of Retailing at University of Arizona. I'm a sun devil, but I will promote him until the day I die. He was a merchant for Macy's and I adore him and I learned a lot from him. Um, But the legacy at his company is not great. So when you walk in there, it's like the land that time forgot. And I told Mike this earlier in the week that, you know, so when retailers close stores, um, the headline risk is like, oh, my gosh, it's awful. The economy is awful. So the economy is not great, but bad retail is not great. Right. So there are stores that are thriving, but it's just not mall based. It's just not Macy's based. Right. So when things like that happen, it's because there's a shift and retailers haven't kept up with that. So if you haven't kept up with the way your consumer is shopping and doing so, again, with hybrid workforce, all that kind of stuff, people are um, moving about. They're consuming in different ways in different times. Right. So it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine that works on Wall Street and we were talking about, you know, the breakfast guy, the shoe shine guy, all the like the dry cleaners. What's happening with them? They're dying on the vine because people, A, aren't working like that and they aren't wearing stuff like that. I mean, I can't even tell you the last time I'm a fashion girl. Like when's the last time I went to the dry cleaners? I don't even know. Jess, Julia. No. Yeah. Long time. Right. Who does that? So the commercial real estate thing really begs the question about 
what's happening with consumers and what's happening with retail. And it kind of plays it out. And this is kind of what I do. I bring things into the mainstream to show you what's really happening in real time. So when you see things like this and all of these like empty buildings and they're going to try to convert them to real estate, do these people really want to live downtown because they don't need to anymore? And I'm a downtown girl. I'm a downtown Phoenix girl. And Julia, you went to school downtown for Cronkite um, as an ASU grad student. I mean, I love being in where everything was, you know. Right. It's fun. It's nice. But, you know, when you talk about there's there's no mall in downtown Phoenix, you know, there's not a lot of shopping you can do. You know, it's definitely like downside for right. it, I would say. Right. Yeah. And so it's interesting because I was talking to um, like ironically an Uber driver the other day and he was like, oh, my gosh, I just moved here from Washington and the downtown is so cool and there's all this stuff going on, which there really is. And so if you've lived in Arizona for a while, you know that downtown was like tumbleweeds and now it really is thriving. So for us, like I'm so thrilled. And that's partly because of ASU and the infrastructure. When they brought that downtown Phoenix campus, everything started being built up around it. Well, and this is interesting because we talked about this earlier and you reminded me when I was talking to Mike, we talked about meds and eds anchoring a city. Okay. So that's hospitals and um, med schools and universities anchoring a city. So whenever you see that, that's when you know there's growth. And that's what I love about what's happening with ASU, what's happening with downtown Phoenix. There's so much growth to combat. And actually, the WeWork building is literally downtown right across the street, right? Very close to ASU. And there's actually one close to the Tempe campus also. But it's so funny, like that is a whole like, you know, um, case study in bad decisions, right? And bad timing, truthfully. But go ahead. Speaking of bad timing, did you see the Wendy's price surge stuff? Can we talk about that? Yes. I think. Do we have time or do we have to take a break? Okay. So I'm going to recap what happened this week for you because that's what I do. So um, for those of you that were busy doing other things and living their life, Wendy's CEO, again, on people that shouldn't talk to the media, <laughs> Their CEO was on a conference call, uh, on an earnings call, and said that they were going to use AI. Okay, so AI is the shiny new toy for Wall Street. That they're like, we've got AI, AI, AI. It's the big thing. So he was trying to tell how innovative they were being in using AI to manage surge pricing. Okay, so if you're coming through the drive-through at lunchtime, they were going to raise prices accordingly based on the amount of demand. I get that. It's economics 101. Totally get it. Great. Don't tell that to the media. The media went bananas. Consumers went bananas and they immediately equated it to surge pricing with rideshare like Uber and Lyft. And if you take that in the valley, you know how volatile it is. It's crazy. Like a $5 ride can turn into a $30 ride very quickly. So I'm sorry. And this is going to ruffle some feathers. I'm not paying like $10 for a Frosty. We're not doing that. Their fries are not great. I mean, I love In-N-Out, but their fries are even worse. Maybe Shake Shack? Probably not. Yeah, so it was a, an incredible backlash against Wendy's. And they, re they retracted it and said, oh, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that anymore. But now Americans are like, wait, maybe we don't trust fast food anymore.
I don't even know. Yeah, so stick around. We're going to talk about all this and more. I'm Kristen Benson for Mike Broomhead, and this is KTAR.